Ion 2020 episode 204. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Welcome to your pre-debate show. This is Ray Eaton, your host of Ion 2020. And every time there is a debate coming up, I always spend the day of the debate. You'll have that show on what's going on with the debate and who those, who's going to be in the debates. And I try to cover a little bit about each of the candidates. And I'm also going to cover where they stand right now in the polls, where polls don't really matter too much. But I actually have a couple of good polls from some early primary states as well. So that'll kind of help you to see where these candidates are at. And you know I take a libertarian spin on this as well. So you'll see uh, what I'll talk about is the candidates and their policies and stuff. But um, the reality is most of the candidates have very similar policies when it comes to their social issues and what they stress, you know, what they put as their first priority. For example, most of them, first priority is going to be Medicare for all. Uh, all of them have that pretty much as their you know, primary thing on their campaigns. But uh, anyway, guys, this is the pre-debate show, so I appreciate you joining me on that. Who's going to make it into this debate? That was the big thing, right? Um, You have 24 candidates. I think there's 22 now, maybe two or three dropped out, not too many. I don't know what these people are that are not even getting into the debates. I don't know what they're doing and why they haven't dropped out. I haven't seen any news articles about any of the like Tom Delaney's and people like that, those guys that are just kind of on the stage last time and uh, didn't get too much traction at all. Uh, Most of them are still saying they're running for, or running in the campaigns, but I just don't see, you know, any traction from these guys. And the way that the Democratic National Committee set this thing up is it kind of puts these guys into a position and these girls that are in positions that are not getting too much vote or not getting too many or too high a numbers in the polls, it makes it so that they can't get too much of a voice on the stage in the first place. And not having a voice on that stage is what really just, it counts people out. And I think it's personally, I think it's a little bit too early to count anybody out from that standpoint as well. It really puts it in the hands of the polling companies and it puts it in the hands of a non-democratic system in some ways because who knows how the polling companies do their do the you know do the polls they might always say joe biden first they might not randomly select different people on who they're going to say who they're going to mention first as the person that you know as the people that um are in the question of who would you support for president of the united states they might always say joe biden first they might always say kamala harris first harris first they might not even have all 24 or 25 of these people on their list of who they're going to choose. I remember there was a few in the very beginning that didn't have Tulsi Gabbard on there. But if you look at some of these candidates that are running, they should ideally, if you're a polling company, you should have every single one of those people on that checklist. But then when you're doing a poll, is the pollster, the person that's reading the poll on the phone, are they going to go through all 25 of these people? 
does a, does the person that's listening on the other end do they tune out after about the fourth or fifth person? Like it's very unscientific in that way. And most people don't know who half these candidates are in the first place. The only ones that get the main name recognition is Joe Biden, obviously, for obvious reasons, he was the vice president. Bernie Sanders, obviously, because he ran in 2016, so he's got a little, little bit more name recognition as well. But people like Elizabeth Warren had to build name recognition. People like Kamala Harris had to build name recognition. People like Pete Buttigieg really has to build name recognition as well. And then all of the other candidates, none of them are like, you know, national, national, nationally prominent people by any means. So it really puts all these people that are lesser candidates into a bind where there's so many people running that, but I think a lot of those people, they're just running because they're trying to get uh, maybe a a vice president spot or something, or maybe they're just trying to get some extra campaign money to go towards their next Senate campaign. I don't know. I have no idea why they would be running, but here are, here's the list of the people that are running. And after each person I talk about, I will go through who they are. You know, that's just the way that we're going to do this. Okay. Joe Biden, obviously vice president Joe Biden's going to be on that stage right now. You know him. He is obviously the ex, you know, the vice president to, Barack Obama, and he has been leading the polls specifically for about the last four or five months or so. As soon as he got in, he was he was leading the polls beforehand, and now he's leading the polls specifically uh, to you know up until about maybe about a month ago or so, he started falling in the polls a little bit against Elizabeth Warren. For example, the most recent poll that I saw that came out was a Quinnipiac poll, and it has Joe Biden at twenty seven percent. And Elizabeth Warren at 30%, followed by Bernie Sanders at 11%. And uh, if you look at some of the other polls as well, which I found, he's at 22% in Ohio, oh, or excuse me, in Iowa, which is the first caucus state. And Elizabeth Warren's tied with him at 22. So you really, and then Bernie Sanders even is at 21%. So that's a statistical tie right there between those three in Iowa. And then in New Hampshire, Biden's losing to Warren by eight points. Warren's at 32 points, and Biden's at 24 points. In South Carolina, Biden's going strong, though. He, that's the third primary state, and that'll be Biden at 43 points and Warren at 18 points, so or 18%. So, and then if you look at the Democratic nomination, though, uh, you know, overall nationally, Biden does win in a lot of those polls, but Warren's close, slowly coming up. Uh, I've seen the most two recent most most recent polls that I've seen is the Fox News poll as well. Besides the Quinnipiac poll that just came out to uh, what was that Monday? So you got on Friday a Fox News poll came out it had Joe Biden thirty two percent, Elizabeth Warren twenty two percent, and then uh, on Sunday a the Hill dot com Harris X poll came out Biden thirty one percent, Warren fifteen percent, Sanders seventeen percent. So it still shows. Joe Biden pretty much winning on a lot of those polls, but so if you get into the like the real clear politics averages and stuff that they do, uh, Joe Biden still is beating Elizabeth Warren on a lot of those, but Elizabeth Warren is making some headway. So what's the problem with Joe Biden then? He's just he's he's caught up in this whole controversy, you know that that's going on with with um, the impeachment of of Donald Trump pretty much. 
that's pretty much it. Like you, that's that's what's kind of driving him down, as well as the fact that he has a couple of gaffes here and there. But he's gonna have gaffes throughout the uh, throughout his running. Like when he's running, he's gonna have gaffes. That's just the way that he is. But so anyway, f- following that, Joe Biden. So he's slowly sinking the polls slightly. Elizabeth Warren. She's been coming up in the polls in the last couple weeks as well. Uh, she is probably the furthest left candidate in the sense that um she's just right next to like she's standing just to the right of bernie sanders essentially she has a lot of those same policy proposals that bernie sanders has the same things that he ran on ran on in 2016 she's running on today bernie sanders says oh the difference between her is she's a capitalist and i'm not i honestly think that bernie sanders is setting her up to win because by him saying she's a capitalist and I'm not, that's trying to get her to look like she's a little bit more electable than Bernie Sanders. Because Bernie Sanders probably knows that he's not electable against Donald Trump. But you know what? Some of the polls show differently. Some of the polls show that Bernie Sanders can beat Donald Trump by you know five or six or seven points or even like 12 points. I've seen one as well. But Elizabeth Warren, they're trying to kind of tee her up as the the person that could beat Trump. She's a little bit more moderate than Bernie Sanders, but a little bit further left and more progressive than Joe Biden. I think that's what they're trying to do. Pete Buttigieg is going to be on that stage. He seems like he's been around the fourth place position for a while as well. Um, And that's pretty much where he's polling. Him and Kamala Harris are kind of like head to head. But Pete Buttigieg, he is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Uh, He is the youngest person on that stage. I think he's actually the youngest candidates ever run maybe i'm not sure um but he tries to sound like he's kind of like the middle ground guy but he was a bernie Sanders supporter in 2016 so he's probably has some relatively progressive views as well i think that they're trying to tee him up for the vice president spot that's possible especially if they win now and then eight years from now and they're gonna run run as somebody he's gonna be like a nice good looking face um he is I mean, he is homosexual, and that's kind of plays into the the diversity thing that the Democrats try to have. And I really think that even if he was running on the presidential ticket, I don't think like his sexuality is going to be a negative for him anyway. Because I think Americans in general are past that, um, and those that are not are probably going to vote for Donald Trump anyway. <laughs> so. Um, I don't think it would be a negative for him, I th- but I think most Americans are past that. Like, I don't think that they're going to look at that as a negative by any means, but you know what? Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, give me a good argument though, because I think that most Americans are past that. But like I said, he is being teed up, I think, to be the vice president spot. And also that dude can raise some money. I've talked about that in the past as well. I thought he was the sleeper. I thought he was the guy that's going to sound like, um, or that was going to kind of creep in there and, and take the nomination at some point. I'm still still thinking that Joe Biden's going to get it, but I think Elizabeth Warren just might end up getting it. I don't know. I, I, I can't tell at this point, but we'll see. We'll see. With Elizabeth Warren doing well in Iowa and doing well in New Hampshire, she wins Iowa and New Hampshire and does not win South Carolina, but then goes on to like Super Tuesday, she'll have a lot of momentum against Joe Biden. So we'll see how that comes out. Kamala Harris, she is going to be on that stage as well. Um, She is the person that 
she's made, I don't know, she seems like she's pretty low energy to me when I listen to her talk, and that's kind of going to, you know, be, be to her detriment on the debate stage. She was jumping up high, she's got, she was like like 17% in the polls for a while, but now that she's floating around like 4 or 5%, so I don't know if she's going to do anything, but she has to have a stellar sto- or stellar showing on that stage in order to get anywhere, and I guarantee you that if she does have a stellar showing that she'll raise in those polls because she seems like somebody that knows what she's talking about and um she seems like someone that can really stand up to donald trump when she's on point but if she's not on point then uh then that's a different story so hey guys i apologize i totally missed bernie sanders but you guys know him and love him i just talked about his numbers as well he is at a statistical dead heat with elizabeth warren and uh joe biden in iowa which is impressive, but he has a lot of supporters, like younger people and stuff, really do support the guy. They love him, and he has the like he has like 60% support among young people as well. If he drops out, where do his followers go? I don't know. I don't think he's going to drop out anytime soon. He did have this little heart problem thing that happened in the last couple of weeks as well, which kind of saw him going down in the polls. So we'll see what happens with him, but he is the thought leader among the Democrats. Like he, and these are not new thoughts, guys. These are old socialist ideas and stuff that he has, but they're getting mainstream appeal now because of him, because of the way that he communicates the message. He stays on point. He always has the same message. And I think that that does wonders when you stay on message very well to get people to follow you in that way. I mean, it works in sales also. Where if you're on message, if you have the same message day in and day out, consistently just beating people down with that same message in some ways, it tends to get through. That's a marketing strategy. And it works. And that's what Bernie Sanders is great at. And he's a consistent, you know, social Democrat in some way. And uh, the kids love it. I mean, the younger people love the guy. People that are, you know, under, I think it's under 35, he has support like in the in the 60% numbers right there which is absolutely insane. Now those are the ones that are less the least likely to end up voting. So we'll see if that helps him out or not, but he's slowly going down in the national polls. The one that came out from Quinnipiac has him at 11%, just barely beating Pete Buttigieg. And then the one that came out on Sunday has him at 17%, but it does show him nationally beating Elizabeth Warren who's at 15%. And then the one that came out on Friday has Sanders at 17% with Warren at 22%. So those are the those are the top six, I guess. You'll have Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, and uh, Kamala Harris. Sorry, that was the top five. And then we'll go on to Beto O'Rourke. So Beto O'Rourke... He had a lot of traction in the very beginning, but he's pulling around the th- you know three to four, sometimes five percent number, but sometimes even down to two percent. In Iowa, he's at two percent. In New Hampshire, he's at one percent. In South Carolina, he's at one percent. So unless he has a really good showing coming out into this debate, he's not gonna. He, he's probably gonna have to drop drop out pretty soon. Especially since he's, you know, polling at, you know, one, two, three percent in some of these old early primary states as well. That is not a good thing. But I think that he got, you know, back the last debate, 
he had a big old moment where he said that we're going to take the guns away from the people. And that kind of boosted him up and gave him a little bit of street cred as a liberal and as a progressive and all that stuff. Uh, I don't think that it helped him out in the long run. Uh, but you know what? These people, they're just trying to say as much as they can now in order to get their point across, I guess. I don't know. Uh, let's move on. Andrew Yang, he's at 2%. He's the Yang gang. You guys probably have heard of him. A lot of libertarians kind of like him in some ways. He has this freedom dividend of $1,000 a month, which is basically what um, the negative income tax is, what they call it. Um, you know, where minimum minimum yearly, minimum monthly income or something like that is the idea that you're going to get $1,000 as a minimum monthly income from the government that's going to help you to live off of that money and become an artist or do what you really love to do or a mother can get paid for being a mother. You know, he has all these high ideas about what people are going to do with this money. But the reality is, is when you give everybody $1,000 a month, it kind of over time just like becomes a wash because everyone has a thousand bucks so now we just kind of change the frame of spending so everything goes up in price you know inflation happens because of that i mean that's just the way that thing inflation will end up making it so that everyone's back to zero net at the at, at some point but you know it'll help people out for a few for a little while i guess until those prices kind of you know become a wash but we'll see i mean i don't think that he is gonna be the next president by any means but he does have a lot of very excited supporters around him and he's not a politician by any means like if you look at him he's not wearing a tie he curses on stage i was watching a you know tv show about him the other day and uh he has a lot of charisma behind him as well people like him i think they enjoy going to his little shows and all that so that's andrew yang you got cory booker as well I am surprised that Cory Booker is not doing as good as, you know, doing very well. He stays around 2% in the polls mostly, and it's not really getting him anywhere too much. Uh, you know, but he definitely knows his stuff when he talks. He seems very charismatic to me. He seems like a Barack Obama when he talks in some way, in the sense that he has a lot of charisma and confidence and positive energy around him, but it's not translating to other people I guess maybe I'm just mesmerized by the guy I don't know uh, <laughs> but I just look at him and I'm just like why was why isn't he doing better because he does see he has a good presence on stage uh really knows what he's talking about when he talks and uh he speaks he has the same those code words that the progressives love you know and he's on board with Medicare for all and all those things also and uh definitely he's like a champion of um criminal justice reform which a lot of libertarians are as well so that's a good thing on his part but he doesn't make like anti-war messages or anything like that a center point of his campaign and that's not and obviously he's a he's a left-wing progressive in some ways as well so uh, i don't see a lot of libertarians get on board with the guy just because he is really good on criminal justice reform um but he is he's pretty good on criminal justice reform amy klobuchar he, she's She's not really going to go be going anywhere anytime soon, guys. Um, she is kind of trying to toe the middle ground. She's trying to stay right next to Joe Biden in some way, in the sense that if Joe Biden drops out, maybe she can get some of his people to come on board with her because she is a very, very much towards the center on the political scale. She's for Medicare for all, but more like for all that want it or having a public option within 
Obamacare, things like that. But she's staying at 2% in the polls. On the national poll, she's around 2%. In the Iowa poll, she's at 2%. In New Hampshire, she's at 2%. And in South Carolina, she's at 1%. So that's not that's not getting her anywhere at all. Um, Julian Castro is going to be on that stage as well. You haven't even heard about the guy lately. He's not making too much of a presence at all out there. I don't see... I mean, he's at 1% in national polls right now in almost all of them. So when he's on stage, though, he has a lot to talk about. And he's very argumentative and things like that. But I think I think he's just going to be a sinking ship pretty soon. Uh, but like I've said in the past, I think that he is just trying to get himself a nice little cabinet position as well. Who else will be on that stage? The two new people will be Tom Steyer, okay, and uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Tom Steyer, he is a billionaire who decided that he was going to run for president. And he put $100 million of his own money into the campaign. He was not on the stage last debate or the, any of the previous debates. He actually just got in and put $100 million into these TV commercials. And I see him every Sunday morning and all over the place of him saying that he's going to be running for president and that he's going to be like a middle ground candidate that can get the, get the job done and all of that. So we'll see if he... This will be his first time on the debate stage, so we'll see if he gets a good showing on the debate stage. If he can really speak to the issues and really speak to the American people he can start getting a little bit of momentum going. And then with all this money that he has, I mean, he could start really moving up in the polls. He can take over Joe Biden in some ways. But he is a billionaire, and he's uh, he's he seems... I mean, when I was watching his commercials, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe he would be a good president, you know? Like, he's able to tailor his message towards everybody, but he's also going tr- directly attacking Donald Trump as well. Um, I haven't even looked the guy up too much on what his issues are but I know he's he is a progressive in some ways that he's going for like a Medicare for all or all who want it I looked him up just barely enough to know that um, and then you got Tulsi Gabbard on stage and you guys know how I feel about her she is a um, progressive on most of her views she's good on the anti-war issue she's good on criminal justice reform she's good on the on the war on drugs as well um, libertarians like her only because of those issues on like the war and all that but most libertarians that i've talked to say that she doesn't take it far enough she's okay with some foreign intervention uh we'll see because if they start talking about anti or if they start talking about foreign policy on the debate stage she really might be able to make i don't know because she might end up be be the person that defends donald trump for leaving syria or something who knows and then that would be really unpopular among the democrats who apparently are all pro-war now so (laughs) we'll see what happens it'll be interesting to watch the debates though uh i as you guys know sometimes i just want to stab my eyes out during the debates but i'm going to take some good notes and i'm going to give you guys some good libertarian commentary on the debate okay to make sure that you guys know what is said but also what rights of theirs of yours they are coming after that's the key. What rights that you have now are they coming after? Are they coming after your money? Are they coming after your guns? Are they coming after your your children and your family and breaking up? I don't know. I mean, 
I th- they're they're definitely coming after your money. They're definitely coming after any type of free market healthcare that you have. What slight slight part of free market that's left? I don't know because the reality is healthcare today is not a free market. Like the government is completely involved in it in the first place, but they are coming after all that stuff. And I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna bring those things to you guys. All right. I will definitely bring those to you. I'm just looking through one of these um, debate, one of these articles that I was looking at just to make sure I covered all of the candidates as well, okay? And, uh, oh, these are the ones who did not qualify. There we go. Here's who did not qualify. Marianne Williamson. Gotta love the lady. She seems like a crazy, crazy woman on stage, man. But she definitely does not sound like any of these other people, even though she is a progressive. Uh, Michael Bennett, senator from Colorado. Yeah, that's the guy that sounded like... Uh, he just has like a weird sound to his voice. Uh, definitely doesn't have a very good stage presence as well. Montana Governor Steve Bullock. Uh, you guys don't even know who he is, but I saw him. I mean, he's he's, he's kind of like a middle-of-the-ground kind of guy. Maryland Representative John Delaney. Mayor Wayne Messam. Never even knew that he was even running. Um, Tim Ryan. And uh, then you got Joe Stestak. And that's it. And then there's a few that have dropped out. Kirsten Gillibrand, Mike Gavel, Richard Ortega, or Ortega, I guess. Um, John Hickenlooper, Jay Inslee, those are the ones that dropped out. But that's it. So this is going to be a CNN New York Times debate. And you guys keep tuned to that, okay? And you guys, I think you'll enjoy uh, the show that I do afterwards. But if you don't want to watch the debate, like I don't really want to watch the debate, but I will. Um, for you guys. I will do it for you, okay? Uh, so tune into the show tomorrow and then you'll be able to know exactly what was said. Uh, go ahead. If you can subscribe to the show and then, uh, five star rating interviews are always helpful as well. That helps with the algorithms that I'm looking for to make sure that people can hear the show. Um, but if you're, it's your first time listening subscribe to the show, so you can hear it tomorrow. I have 203 shows previous to this one as well. So check those out and then make sure you come back tomorrow. So you have clear vision on 2020 and clear vision on the debate. Okay, it's official. First year in sales with Ray Eaton. The website is up, firstyearinsales.com, as well as the podcast, First Year in Sales. So, if you know somebody or if you happen to be in sales, you might as well go ahead and check this thing out, right? Because it is going to help you become a better salesperson by grounding you with the habits and the skills needed to be successful in sales, especially in your first year. But even if you're not in your first year, might as well check it out because then you'll be able to get back to the basics and getting back to the basics is key in sales. I've always felt that way. So go ahead and check it out. First year in sales is ready and it's a podcast and you can do firstyearinsales.com.